okay, like I'm gonna die anyway, so I can do whatever I want. Yeah, no, I think that's <laughs> I think that's the wine talking. <laughs> That's very, that's very different than I mean it's one thing to live with a consciousness and awareness of death and it's another thing to live reckless <laughs> okay sorry that's my interpretation is all my bias no 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 I'm what what I what I'm talking about yeah <laughs> cheers cheers to that today we are back with Joanna and we are going to do part two of let's talk about death we're going to talk about death and dying. Last time we left off with how to integrate death into our day-to-day life. And so that's where we're going to take on. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to start off. Right? <laughs> we're going to take on. That's where we're going to take on. <laughs> that's where we're going to start off. And so I have my book here. Uh, I just Here's a plug for Michael Singer. I just finished reading this book. But the reason I have this book, and I had it last time as well, but um, chapter 17 is actually on contemplating death. And I want to just kind of bring it in because this really confirmed what I'm passionate about when it comes to death and dying and what I've always been, to be honest, a bit hesitant to broadcast because it is, I think, a bit out of of the norm. So anyways, I want to just bring it in. But yeah, last time we talked about your experience and the recent recent and then also um, not so recent uh, experiences in death we left off with you saying well how do we integrate it into Mm -hmm. the Mm day-to-day yeah yeah so I want to just start there just curious on your thoughts like when it comes to integrating death in your day-to-day what are what are your thoughts curious on yours (laughs) 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 I've got many I've got got Michael's thoughts (laughs) yeah Michael's got Um, yeah I've got lots yeah Okay, so I'm gonna make it super brief because I'm I'm it's something I'm I'm giving some thought, but it's definitely just you know not clear. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I'm very interested in that uh, because it's you know kind of like okay, how do we normalize it? How do we become more comfortable with it? And I mean, I think I, I, the basic thing is to to talk about it and like to young children too. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, for example, like when I when my grandma passed away, like I talked to you about last time, I was about ten. I think I was ten, yeah. And like, I, I don't know, like we just didn't like we avoided to talk about the topic because we we saw how everyone that said so it was like bringing it up would just make things worse. Like it was almost that feeling, like just there's just not talk right and just talk about it, like. Small talk about everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, just like, okay, friend, they said, okay, when, you know, okay, the end of the story. Mm-hmm. So then when my dad passed away, um, I wanted to make it different to my kids. And they're, they're younger, they were younger than, you know, I was when when my grandma passed away. But, I mean, and I, I could see my daughter was wanting to understand what had happened. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so that was last year she was... No, she was four. <laughs> Brain tried to work. Like she was around four, yeah. four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, an amazing thing is like because I, my sister has a daughter around the same age, just a little bit older. And in France, she found a book about death. So it's like a children's book, and it's uh, and it's you know it's with with 
animals and it's like the grandpa I think it's the grandpa in that book that passes away mm-hmm. and then just like it's it's a beautiful story that explains to children like yeah. what that means and yeah. and I was like yes like mm-hmm. that's such a good way to start like yeah. children's book read to your kids about that talk about it mm-hmm. um and I then that. right because that. otherwise yeah. it's like well first as an adult like it's such a like a mix up so it's hard to like bring words to it but then like how to get to the children's level yeah um yeah you know and now i feel like my daughter it's just like you know sometimes she mentions my dad and it's just like you know like it's just kind of that positive thing that Mm -hmm. you know he was there and he's not there and then sometimes she's like oh i miss him more um you know i know and then you know it comes, it ties into the the religious beliefs or whatever, like spirituality, what you believe. But also, I I like to you know like light a candle and like have his picture. And like on the day of the dead, I like do a little altar and then like send my good wishes and stuff like that. And I wanted my kids to be part of it too, so I made them also you know join. And my my daughter was just so excited, and it just felt like something so special to share yeah. it with her. Yeah, and I feel like. You know, that's just a simple thing to bridge, you know, the death with also the life. And, like, we're still alive. Life continues. And, you know, they're passed away. And it doesn't have to be, like, that thing, that daunting topic when every time you bring it up, oh, they're dead. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. you know, it's Awkward like, yeah, silence. they're dead. And yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the biggest thing is talking about it, which mm-hmm. is why we're doing what we're doing is we're talking mm-hmm. about it. One of the first things that Michael says here on chapter 17 is a wise being completely and totally embraces the reality, the inevitability and the unpredictability of death. And so, as you said, for you as an adult, it's weird and it's awkward and it's hard and you never talk about it. So that's programming, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the idea is absolutely that you train your children, not train you program regardless of what you want to call it as individuals we're being trained programmed um educated educated formed whatever in whatever aspect we're growing up so you and i for example exactly i was also raised in in an environment where death was never talked about Um, my first experience was uh when i was 18 19 and i lost my sister uh in a car accident my oldest sister and it was actually a religious aspect in that you don't talk about them after they've died because then you, they can't rest. Mm-hmm. So in order for them to rest in peace, you do not mm-hmm. talk about them. Um, and then of course I've had multiple experiences with loss since then, but which is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this. Um, and now super passionate and adamant about teaching my daughter or um, exposing my daughter to a different view on death and life. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, one of the biggest responsibilities that I have as a parent is to teach my daughter how to be able to live without me, mm-hmm. regardless of what age she is. So for her to know that she will be fine, yeah, there was a process of grief and loss and mm-hmm. all of that, but for her to be able to live without me, that is one yeah. of my greatest responsibility yeah. as a parent. Because mm-hmm. this is the thing. Mm-hmm. So we don't think or talk about death. And so you have this rug underneath of uh, that we <clears throat> consider solid mm-hmm. of life, the promise of mm-hmm. life, which is interesting because if there's anything more real in life, it's death. Mm-hmm. 
for all of us. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that you can work around that you can avoid. Death is not one of them. All of us are going to die. And so we, we, we live on this foundation of life. And at any given moment, that rug can be pulled out from under, from under us. And so I see this all the time in, in individuals. If you have never thought about death, if you've never talked about death, if you've never processed death, whether it's with yourself or those that you love, when that rug gets pulled out from underneath you, you are done for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you've never thought about, imagined, or even crossed this, the idea has never even crossed your mind of living without this person. Mm-hmm. So then there is this new reality that just seems unfathomable to you as a person, right? And so I remember, like, and, and I practice this where I always say, you know what, if things are going south, if things are going hard, think about death. Look at life through the perspective of death. Mm-hmm. And it's actually one of the things that mm-hmm. Michael says here too. He says, anytime you're having trouble with something, think of death. Mm-hmm. Because regardless of what you're going through, if you think about death, it will change your perspective instantly. <laughs> will it matter? No. But yes, but also like, it's like, where do you find that balance of not being reckless either? Because like, I know, I think like for me, like if I just think like, okay, like I'm going to die anyway, so I can do whatever I want. And there is kind of that also that's instilled when you're younger, you kind of embrace that. But then after time, you just fall because I mean, you still live in a society where like it or not, there are kind of like roles that you have to play by if you want to still stay part of that society, you know? Yeah. So if you're just like thinking, okay, I'm going to die, whatever, then like, you know. Yeah. No, I think that's, (laughs) I think that's the wine talking. (laughs) That's very, that's very different than I mean it's one thing to live with a consciousness and awareness of death and it's another thing to live reckless <laughs> okay sorry that's my interpretation is all my bias no 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 what what I'm talking about yeah <laughs> cheers cheers to that what no the, the consciousness and awareness of is living through living with a perspective of death Mm-hmm. not like in a reckless <laughs> manner, <laughs> but I, I do, I do get what you're saying. I absolutely do. But with what you're thinking, mm-hmm. um, and he talks about it right here. If with one breath, all of this can change, then I want to live at the highest level while I'm alive. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop bothering the people I love and I'm going to live from the deepest part of my being. That's beautiful. So that is that aspect of not caring. It's not, not necessarily living reckless. Mm-hmm. It is living with purpose mm-hmm. and with passion. But I think that adds pressure to you. Like when you think like that. Because it's almost like then you beat yourself down if you're not following that. I mean, maybe it's just me. Mm-hmm. But it's like I know sometimes when why, I... Like, what do you mean? When if you're not at your highest. What I, but then because you have like you associate something with what it means to be at your highest level. But that already right there means you're not at your highest. So if you have an expectation... (laughs) I know, know, I'm not there. No, 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 no. But I'm saying, if you have an expectation, so for you to live at your highest, meaning 
your highest neutrality, neutrality, neutral, where you're completely mm-hmm. neutral, mm-hmm. that would be your highest. Not mm-hmm. the highest, not being like, like you know, you're super productive. Yeah, and like, not at all. And again, like that's the, being at your highest, meaning like you are yourself, in balance, yeah. and yourself. Tune, yeah. There is no, you can't live <laughs> higher than by being yourself. Yeah. Right. And that's what that would mean mm-hmm. is being 100% true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you read the rest, read through the rest of the book, he absolutely talks I about have it. Yeah. You have it now. I'm oh, going to read it. That's my 2021 book. Oh yeah. And you, <laughs> you have to read it slow yeah. because it's, 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 you have to chew on it. <laughs> yeah. You have to chew on it. But, um, yeah, I know that state of your highest is being 100% yourself where expectations are not even mm. a thing. Yeah, but I, I think, and I think lots of people get stuck in there. Mm. Or is it just me? No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I feel like that's, and that's very what human. kind of, that's very human. That's also what kind of makes us have a hard time to talk about death because, I mean, I know that to me, like oftentimes when I just like think of the finality of our lives, it's either I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I need to make it worth it. Like I need to, you know, like I need to find my purpose and be of service and, you know, like just all that. You know, and I need to like be good to my body and feel great, and you know, like always eat healthy and always work out. Like just kind of always like those ideas that capitalism has brought into like just always at your highest performance level. It's either that, or then I'm just like, okay, go practice and just don't give a a damn about anything to not say another word that I'm very <laughs> tempted to say. Yeah. Um, say because yes, you're yes. you're you're gonna die anyways. You know, it's like how how do you authentically get to that middle level? Yeah, and so that that's a whole another conversation <laughs> and a whole another topic about becoming balanced and true to who you are. Mm-hmm. Because all of that is expectations, societal mm-hmm. expectations. Um, whatever you mm-hmm. know the programming of your childhood those are all mm-hmm. expectations yeah. but if you are in a place of, of balance and and your true self those expectations vanish mm-hmm. right they disappear because you are content and life just passes mm-hmm. through you and you're in a state of whatever is today is good and whatever is tomorrow will be tomorrow mm-hmm. Right. But that's a, that's a, that's a whole process. But I do get what, yeah, I absolutely get what you're saying. I, I, don't, I feel like that's why we avoid the topic. Like one of the reasons too, like beyond the religious or, you know, yeah. I can feel like even at that existential level, mm-hmm. I could just, mm-hmm. yeah, brings well, a lot of doubts and expectations and um, oh, disappointment. Like, yeah. Where, personally, you mm-hmm. know, where I need to live at my highest mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not, yeah, because I'm going to die, I should mm-hmm. live my highest. Mm-hmm. Ex- yeah. The expectations right. of what is required of you today, mm-hmm. if you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And part of it too, is because when someone dies, you just recall their big achievements, right? And oftentimes, BS. right. Yeah. But oftentimes that's just like, okay, they build their company or whatever like you know just yeah. like and they yeah. raised five beautiful children who went yeah. to university like you know it's oh, like, like a lot of it yeah. so that. here's my here's my my um request from you Stephen. listen <laughs> here's my when i die please don't acknowledge any of my accomplishments she, yes the, the only <laughs> no 
regardless. Like, that's the end. She's talked about that. <laughs> the only good. thing I want to be remembered by and for is for being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, like, that comes down to, like, doing versus being. That's such a big issue in our current way of living. But that's another. <laughs> yeah, that's another topic. At the end of the day, approaching death as a teacher, not as mm-hmm. a morbid thought. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And he talks about that in here too. And, and so I'm always hesitant about this because unless you are in a place where, so even this, this, this idea that, that whenever you're going through something, think of it through the death of lens. I'm always hesitant to say that because, or to live with death on your mind day in and day out, because it's going to do one of two things. Mm-hmm. It's going to change your perspective and you're going to live in gratitude and awareness, or you're going to live in fear. Mm-hmm. And disappointment. And disappointment. <laughs> I mean, so unless you are very conscious and aware of which path you're taking in that, mm-hmm. thinking of death continually can make you mm-hmm. fearful and disappointed and actually give you know, actually put you in a, in a, in a depression, in a state of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you approach it from the perspective, which I'm, I'm passionate about and, and Michael talks about here, then it, it, um, you present it or you view it in a state of gratitude mm-hmm. and, and perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is what I want to teach my daughter. Mm-hmm. And that is what I'm also passionate about because in that sense, uh, then you are prepared for whatever mm-hmm. happens in your life to right. yourself and also totally. Also your children. So how do we do that? So how do you do that? Oh my goodness. That is a good question. So um, specifically, um, I've just recently been working with individuals that have lost children. So specifically for parents, there is this, and I hear it all the time. Well, as a parent, I'm responsible for my child's life. That is an unrealistic expectation. We as parents are responsible to love and care for our children, but the breath of our children is not our responsibility because it's unrealistic Mm -hmm. because the breath of our children is out of our control. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, if you feel like you are responsible for your child's breath, what happens when they die? Did you fail? Mm -hmm. Well, right? Mm-hmm. And your child's breath is out of your control. Yeah. You can love them, feed them, care for them. The day that they stop breathing, mm-hmm. that, you know, you are not responsible mm-hmm. for your child's life. And so I um, preach this, preach this. I, I um, talk about this all the time in the sense that, uh, you know, releasing that res- responsibility. And then also, um, and, and that specifically, there's exercises that you can do that I recommend where you release the responsibility of your child's life, mm-hmm. you know, where you release that. I, for myself personally, I have released my daughter. I've had to do that with experiencing death. Um, the idea that my daughter's life is my responsibility gives me a great mm-hmm. ton of anxiety mm-hmm. and, and it just makes me live in fear mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. So I've had to release that. And for me, what that's done is I do actually... Uh, value my daughter on a day-to-day basis. So I will get up in the morning mm-hmm. and anytime I fear that, that, that anxiety of losing her or the fear of losing her, I practice, um, or I remind myself, you know what, my responsibility is to love, honor, and cherish her. Um, her breath is out of my control mm-hmm. and I just release that. And another thing, and this may seem a little bit crazy to some people, but I actually visualize my life without her. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What that does, it, it makes me grateful to have her every minute that I have with her. And I can honestly say that it has shaped our, shaped my mm-hmm. relationship with her. So I visualize my life without her and what that does, it makes me so grateful for every moment that mm-hmm. I have with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually do that with everybody that I love. Mm-hmm. Because for me, from my perspective, when I am visualizing my life without those that I love, what it does, it's actually sending, setting the foundation of living life without mm-hmm. them. Because my time with them is not promised. It is fleeting, mm-hmm. right? If there's anything certain in life, it's death. Yeah. Right. And so I have to do that because if I don't do that, I feel super anxious. Mm -hmm. So I do visualize my life without the ones that I love. I visualize my life without my daughter. And then even as parents, so in an exercise specifically is, um, I will often encourage, uh, I do this with, with individuals that have lost So parents that have lost their children Mm -hmm. where they do an exercise, releasing themselves of the responsibility of, of their children. So if you felt like you were responsible for your child's life and they die, whether it's by suicide or an accident or whatever it is, you can feel a lot of guilt and pressure for not having met that, mm-hmm. right? And so just releasing that responsibility and, and there's many different ways that you can do that depending on what mm-hmm. works for you. But the other big thing is is bringing the conversation of death into the day to day. The biggest thing I often hear this is when a family pet dies, parents mm-hmm. are like, okay, well now what do we do? What an opportunity to teach mm-hmm. your child about the reality of life, mm-hmm. death, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, so to, to not avoid it, children need to be exposed to death um, to be able to appreciate life. Mm-hmm. Well, then like how, this. how would you talk to, Like, how, what would you say to a child? Like, you know, like, you know, it, I mean, I know everyone is different. But yeah, just, yeah, yeah. So it's not like I wake up every morning and talk to my daughter about death. <laughs> Today, for first breakfast, first. <laughs> let's talk about this. Then we can go on for breakfast. We're going to talk about death. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. When the opportunity presents itself, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, when a child passes away or another, you know, they're they're surrounded by it enough where other adults pass away, mm-hmm. where they where you then say, you, you take that as an opportunity to say, you know what, this is the reality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually did do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My <Girl>. child. <laughs> No, but I did recently have a conversation with my daughter where I talked about the reality. And this is, uh, I hear it all the time where parents say, you know what, um, if their kids will talk about, you know, the fear of their parents dying. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that's not going to happen for a long time. Mm -hmm. Well, you're promising them something that's not necessarily Mm -hmm. the truth, right? Or it could Mm -hmm. could be, it couldn't be. Mm -hmm. So you're promising something that's out of your control. And so to say, so I had a conversation with my daughter um, because of the amount of death that I've experienced and she knows that I no longer have my parents, she will bring it up, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm, mommy, I'm scared of losing you. And mm-hmm. I will tell her, um, you know what, that is very, a fair, a fair fear to experience. Mm-hmm. The feelings that you're feeling are very fair. Um, but I am walking with you now. I am preparing you now mm-hmm. in a sense that if I were to die, you would be okay mm-hmm. because I've made sure one right now, if I were to pass away, I have the steps and procedures in place for you to be cared for. And two, emotionally and mentally, 
I know that I have, that I'm doing my best right now. I'm equipping you that you would be okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so it's just having those very, yeah. those conversations. Mm-hmm. So when your child comes to you and says, mommy, I'm scared of you dying. You don't say, well, no, like that's never going to happen to me. You say, mm-hmm. and if I did die, you would be okay. Mm-hmm. Because you are setting that foundation mm-hmm. then for your child to be okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Thanks for me. It's so simple because that makes me think of, I mean, like when I, when you bring it up so many times, people are going to be like, oh, it's not going to happen yet. Right. But you don't know. Well, I have been in front of individuals mm-hmm. in my, in my grief coaching where I'm in front of individuals where parents have said, no, I will not pass away. You don't need to worry about that. And then they do. Mm-hmm. The child is so unprepared and the amount of, of, of fear and, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, yeah. Yeah. Why, why do we do that? Because we ourselves are afraid of death. Yeah. And we, we kind of, we're afraid to make our children afraid. Mm-hmm. So we think that by blank to them, they're going to be safe. Mm-hmm. Right? And we are also afraid that our children would not be okay without us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of bringing that into our day-to-day conversations mm-hmm. and not viewing it as morbid, but as, as viewing, but uh, yeah, viewing it as the greatest teacher mm-hmm. of all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But I feel like this should be also incorporated in school somehow. Oh gosh. I don't know how, <laughs> but like, I don't know, like they should also be like a, they should almost be like a life skills <laughs> class, like just like. Talking yeah. about, you know, mental health and nutrition and the reality of death in life. Like, you know, all those things. Like, Oh, gosh, mm-hmm. that is a whole other topic. <laughs> I'm so, I, I was talking to somebody else about this. But, yeah, and so a life skills good. class mm-hmm. about, oh, gosh, yeah. about death and parents. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, there's so, so much of that. There would because be an intense is, class to teach. Oh, gosh, yeah, it would be. But if Let's you talk think about, about everything you actually need, but you're not taught in school. <laughs> it's so true. Like honoring all of our, our teachers and, and what they do teach, which is, yes, is, sorry. is yes. one way. Yes, it is. Yeah. I yeah. still appreciate yeah. that. For yeah, sure. absolutely. But also recognizing that those day-to-day life skills and the importance of mm-hmm. it. Uh, but yeah, so something something like, like death, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so many people are unprepared. And I can tell you this, I'm from someone who was very unprepared and has gone through a lot of loss. Um, and have had to pull myself up by myself with support after the fact, which is why I do what I do. But preparation for death is vital and so Mm -hmm. crucial, not just in, in like, okay, well, that's important because it helps us go through it. But individuals, if you look at addictions, if you look at homelessness, The majority of that traces back to a trauma that was not well lived through. Mm -hmm. The loss of someone is a trauma. If you don't Mm -hmm. live through that well, Mm -hmm. it impacts you for the rest of your life, right? And so we can set that foundation for our children and for ourselves that you are able to survive Mm -hmm. death. It is awful and it is hard and and, and it is, Mm -hmm. I often still pause and, 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 don't understand how we as humans mm-hmm. are expected to live through something mm-hmm. like a loss. Mm-hmm. But if there is a little bit of even just a little bit of a foundation and a little bit of a conversation around it, I can tell you that it just makes it so much mm-hmm. easier. Yeah. Totally. 
Yeah. 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 Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Cheers to death. <laughs> to, and to life. To living death in the awareness. Mm-hmm. No, to living mm-hmm. life in the awareness mm-hmm. of death. The healthy awareness. The of healthy death. awareness of death. Where it where death, the thought of death and the awareness of death makes you live in gratitude and aligned to being your whole self, not living in fear. Mm-hmm. Can you just, I, I, we're going to wrap it up here right, right away. Um, but uh, can you just imagine for a second, if you had processed your gun, was it your grandma? Mm-hmm. If you had processed your grandma's death properly, and if you had just had a somewhat of a foundation of death, in your life for your grandma and then your dad. And then recently, um, another one as a, as an instructor, what, how different that would have mm-hmm. worked. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 On this happy note. On that happy <laughs> note, it would look so different, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, it's very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so just a as a closing, everything is temporary. Mm-hmm. So be grateful for what you have. Yeah, in this or view things in from that perspective. Uh, live in light of that, empowering you to live in passion, purpose, and gratitude, and mm-hmm. to not take those for granted around you. Right? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if you get up in the morning and you think, if I were to die today what would I do? Your day would look completely different. Mm-hmm. Your attitude, your mentality, your perspective will look completely different. Mm-hmm. So that is my challenge for the next seven days. Get up in the morning and say, if I were to die today, how would I live? Mm-hmm. And see how that changes your perspective mm-hmm. and make death a part of your day to day life. Cheers to that. Cheers. Ciao. Cheers.